0: Today I want to talk with you about the prophetic significance of this month of September being a September to remember. Kind of rhymes a little bit, yeah. Actually teachers and students of Bible prophecy rightly get excited every year, about this time of year in September, by virtue of it being what we affectionately refer to as a high watch time. And the reason for that is because of the prophetic types woven into the fabric of the feasts of the Lord, found in the book of Leviticus, the twenty third chapter. I want to read verse four, Leviticus chapter twenty three. These are the feasts of the Lord, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. Now, that's actually what the word feast means in the original language of the Hebrew. It's actually the same word in my native tongue of Arabic. It's the word Mo'ad which means appointment or appointed time, a time pointing to. So what are these appointed times and what do they point to? Answer, the person of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Everything from Genesis all the way through points to the person of Jesus Christ. And such is the case with these seven feasts, seven the number of completion. Here's a basic chart that shows these seven feasts, all of which again point to the appointed time of their fulfillment in the person of Jesus Christ. And just as the first four were fulfilled at the appointed time of Christ's first coming, it's believed that the second three, the fall feasts, will also be fulfilled at the rapture and second coming. Now it should be noted that there are some who believe the Day of Atonement is the rapture, uh, others actually believe Pentecost points to the rapture. But the majority view is that it is the Feast of Trumpets that points to, prophetically, the rapture of the church. Now let's talk about first the first four, the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and Pentecost. Now Passover was fulfilled in and by the crucifixion. Unleavened bread, the burial. First fruits, the resurrection. And then 55 Pentecost is the church age. So those first four feasts were fulfilled in Christ's first coming. If you're interested, we did a very in-depth study of these feasts in our verse by verse study through Leviticus. You can find that online or should be on our YouTube channel. I haven't checked in a while, but I think we spent uh, seven, eight weeks on just these seven feasts. Very, very fascinating, very profound in their pr- prophetic implications. Well, this brings us to the fall feasts. and starting with the Feast of Trumpets, also known as Rosh Hashanah, which is Rosh head of the year, the first of the year, the new year. And this is the only feast of the seven feasts that no man knows the day or the hour because it's predicated upon the moon. So it's actually over a period of time of very appropriately three days And when the moon is positioned perfectly in Jerusalem over the temple, then they sound the shofar, the trumpet, and announce the beginning, the commencement of this feast we know as the Feast of Trumpets. So every year it falls on a different date or dates, I should say. And this year it's on (laughs) Saturday, the 24th. Sunday, the 25th and Monday, the 26th. So let's just close in prayer. And uh, (laughs) okay, well, no, no, you can get excited. It's okay. Actually, it gets way better. uh, So, but the next uh, feast is Yom Kippur. Yom is uh, Hebrew for day same word in the uh, Arabic language, the day of atonement. And it is believed that this feast is fulfilled at the conclusion of the seven year tribulation, and it is the second coming. And then lastly, the seventh feast is the Feast of Tabernacles or booths. And this is a prophetic picture of the coming kingdom age, that 1000 year reign here on earth. Uh, pre-fall, pre-sin. It's a whole nother teaching. It's going to be fascinating. I know we talk about the rapture and heaven and eternity future, but we got 1000 years first. Can't wait. Anyway, I digress. Now, why did I want to start out this way? Because this September, which were now already halfway through is unique and prophetically ubiquitous and I'll explain what I mean by that this for a number of reasons not the least of which is that there are many significant events that point to appointed (laughs) point to specific dates this month unique to this month. So what follows are just a few of many, actually, that caught the attention of those who are watching for the Lord's soon return in the rapture of the church. I'll begin with this article last Monday, September 12th. You probably heard about this from the Washington Standard about a German Legislature's ominous warning concerning the date of September 24th. While there is some controversy about what and when he's referring to in saying this, this member of the German Legislature was quoted as saying that September 24th will be a day when everyone will remember, quote, exactly where he or she was. The article goes on to say that, needless to say, those days don't come along very often. For those that were alive at the time, the death of John F. Kennedy was one of those days and certainly 9-11 was one of those days. But off the top of my head, I can't really think of too many others. Beyond that, there just aren't too many days that fall into this category. That is why something that a member of the German parliament just said seems so odd. The reason why this caught my attention, still quoting, is because I do believe that September 25th and 26th will be very significant. Now, add to the date of September 24th, being a day to remember, this very peculiar seven day extension of the period of mourning Queen Elizabeth's death by now King Charles, who according to the Irish mirror declared it would be 17 days instead of the customary 10 days. Uh, just parenthetically, let me say 17 is very significant. It's the number of Q. Okay, I'm going to leave that right there and not go any further with that one. Now here's what's interesting about this. Her death was on September 8th, so you add 17 days and that makes the morning last till September twenty-fifth. Hmm. Things that make you go. Hmm. Now keep in mind that this is the same Charles who at the COP 26 climate summit in Glasgow on November 1st of last year was quoted as saying here we need a vast military style campaign to marsh the strength of the global private sector with trillions, trillions with a T at his disposal far beyond global GDP and with the greatest respect beyond even the governments of the world's leaders. Hmm. Again, things that make you go, hmm, who's the his? I know that there are those that are in the who's who. I'm in the who's he, but who's his? Okay. Now add to this the Catholic News Agency article on August 30th, which we addressed in a recent update, in which they state, that Pope Francis had instructed Vatican entities to move all their funds to the Vatican bank by September 30th, which is the day before some Starbucks go cashless. This according to the Telegraph and Argus out of the UK with the headline people protest as some Starbucks outlets to go cashless. PICTURED HERE IS A SIGN OUTSIDE THIS STARBUCKS ON RULY LANE IN BRADFORD, AND IT READS, WE'RE GOING CASHLESS FROM FIRST OCTOBER, 2022. WE WILL ONLY BE ACCEPTING CARD, CONTACTLESS, AND STARBUCKS AWARDS PAYMENTS. PLEASE ASK OUR TEAM FOR FURTHER DETAILS. NO NEED. I'M NOT GOING TO ASK. Now, it's important to note that all of this is on the backdrop of an executive order that we also talked about in a prior update that, quote, according to Yahoo News, could bring the U.S. one step closer to a digital currency. Actually some believe that a date of December 13th of this year has already been set. The point being that cashless is coming sooner than we might think. So last week a good friend of mine and a good friend of the ministry sent me this USA watchdog article in which biblical cycle timing expert, geopolitical and financial analyst Bo Polney, who has made many spot on calls in the last few years on USAWatchdog.com is suggesting that quote biblical calculations point to rosh hashanah this september 25th polney is expecting it to all end up as a full-blown collapse of the financial system polney explains things are going to change on or about september 25th I think we are going to have a crash going right into this date. Have a nice afternoon. There's more. This is so interesting. As if this weren't enough. This was Thursday, by the way, breaking news. Um, Maybe I should uh, preface this before I quote this. So in your Bible, in the book of Numbers, the 19th chapter, it's 19, right? I'm just going to make sure here. It's 19. Yeah, yeah, 19. Numbers chapter 19. This is your homework. Uh, Very fascinating prophecy about what's known as the red heifer. They had to have the ashes of a red heifer in order to perform the sacrifices and purifications at the temple. And heretofore over the years Israel has been trying to find a pure red heifer. And there have been many candidates over the years that have ultimately and subsequently been disqualified because they found even just one hair that wasn't red. It has to be completely red, a red, pure, red heifer, and it has to be a calf, by the way. And then they sacrifice this red heifer and they take the ashes of the red heifer and they use it as a purification ceremony in the temple. So all of this, all of the instruments and the the garments and all of really the materials are all at the ready for the rebuilding of the temple. We've talked about this over the years. Some actually believe that Israel, once they get the green light, can rebuild the temple within a period of about 90 days, very fast. They're all ready. And they've just been waiting for this red heifer. And there have been times over the years where they identified a red heifer and they got all excited and then it got disqualified. Uh, One more thing on this, just by way of a preface before I quote it. Um, (laughs) This is Daniel 9, 27. This is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now there's more, but let's just use those two for now, because they give us really a thumbnail sketch of the seven year tribulation. And we know that there's going to have to be a temple, the third temple in the seven year tribulation. because at the midpoint three and a half years according to daniel 9:27 and second thessalonians 2 the antichrist will commit an abomination that causes desolation at the three and a half year mark that presupposes that there's already a temple there are sacrifices it's been rebuilt and it's there in the seven-year tribulation and this false messiah This Antichrist in the place of Christ will set himself up there in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, and declare himself to be God. And it will be at this point that the Jews will realize they've been deceived. It's a lie. And this massive deception They've believed, they've been deceived, that this was their Christ. This is a lie. And it will serve as the catalyst for them to come to the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus is the truth. And they will come to Jesus, their true Messiah, as a result of realizing they've been deceived by this false Messiah. That's at the midpoint of the seven year tribulation. So we've got a temple there. When it's built, we don't know. We just know that it has to be there at the midpoint of the seven year tribulation. Now, let me, (laughs) I want to get ahead of myself. Um, So all of a sudden now, this is on Thursday, September 15th, Israel 365 News reports that these red heifers arrived in Israel. Let me quote, The Temple Institute and Boneh Israel made a huge step towards reinstating the temple service on Thursday when five red heifers landed at Ben-Gurion International Airport. The red heifer was the main component in the biblically mandated process of ritual purification for impurity. Here's what's interesting. They arrived on Thursday the 15th and they are going to quarantine for 10 days. That puts it (laughs) to next Sunday, the 25th. Right at the time we're doing the update. If we do an update, just say it. All right. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Also, from Israel 365 News is yet another report about Ben Gurion gearing up to bring all 70 nations straight from the airport. To the third temple. What? Yeah. What? It. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Well, let me read. Quote Israel National News reported that two million passengers will pass through the airport during September. In 2020, Israel's transportation ministry said that it would move ahead with plans to build an extension of the Tel Aviv-Jerusalem high-speed line that would directly connect Tel Aviv's Ben-Gurion International Airport to the Western Wall in Jerusalem. A proposal was made to name the future Temple train station after Donald Trump. I'm still quoting, Rabbi Yekutiel, if I'm pronouncing his name right, probably am not, Fish, told Israel 365 News that God is preparing the way for the pilgrims to arrive at the temple. Practically a train is the best means since it can carry many more people. Fish related that Rabbi Diskin heard the whistle of the first train to arrive in Jerusalem in 1892 and said, they are clearing the way for Messiah, and the redemption is on the way. Fish sees this, this is interesting, pre-Messiah train. See, they're, they're waiting for their Messiah. It's just not the true Messiah. It's the false Messiah. It's the anti-messiah, the Antichristos, anointed one, Christ. They're waiting for their savior. So this pre-messiah train <laughs> phenomenon, being played out to an even stronger degree with the new high speed track, that will bring travelers directly from Ben-Gurion International Airport to the Western Wall in Jerusalem. Get this, the train is expected to begin service in April, just in time for the Passover holiday. Did Did you hear that? Wait, so the train is going to be ready to bring travelers because, you know, Jerusalem is packed full of people for Passover. Um, And the next Passover feast celebrated in Jerusalem is in April of next year. And they're going to have the train ready to bring people to the temple that I guess is going to be ready too. Hmm. hmm. How are you doing? I'm doing great, by the way. <laughs> Quoting, a high speed train is precisely what is needed for Passover when all of Israel is required to bring their sacrifice to the temple, Fish told Breaking Israel News. Hashem, God, literally the name, is preparing the way for the pilgrims to arrive at the temple. Right. <laughs> right, let's do this. <laughs> okay, pastor, please, what are you saying? The rapture is this Rosh Hashanah, Are you day setting now? Do you think it's going to be this Rosh Hashanah in 2022, this September? Answer? I know you're dying for the answer. Drum roll, please. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Well, again, pastor, with all due respect, (laughs) um, you've gotten excited before this time of year. I know. And I'm going to get excited every time of the year in the fall. We don't know. But what if? Oh, oh, yes, (laughs) Okay, I know that there has never been a shortage of speculation on the part of some in this regard. And by the way, let me just say that it's kind of sad when Christians who get excited about the rapture, especially this time of the year, are excoriated. Because if I'm not mistaken, there is a crown of righteousness that awaits those who long for the rapture. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy by the Holy Spirit. He knew that his time had come to an end. He had fought the good fight. He had finished the race and he was ready to go and he knew it was time. And he says to Timothy, um, I know what awaits, this crown of righteousness. And here's the thing, not just for me, but for all who long ache, yearn, watch for His appearing, the rapture. So and and, and one more. Maybe just one, but if I'm not mistaken, Jesus himself to his disciples said to them, I'm going to go now. I have to go. I know you don't want me to go, but if I don't go, I can't come back and take you to that place that I've prepared for you in My Father's house, where there are many dwelling places, mansions, as some of your translations render it. If it were not so, I would not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you, so that where I am, My Father's house, there you may be also. That's the rapture. That's a bridegroom to his bride saying, I'm going to, now that we're engaged, the betrothal is complete. I give you my word and promise that I'm going to go and build a bridal chamber. And then I'm going to come back as a thief in the night, as was the custom in those Jewish wedding traditions. I'm going to come. an hour you expect none. No man knows the day or the hour. I'm going to come as a thief in the night. And uh, they would take and they would lift the bride up off the earth and carry her. Hello. (laughs) That's the rapture. As a thief in the night. When? Don't know. What time is the wedding? Don't know. Well, that's a problem for wedding announcements, isn't it? What are you going to say? Yeah, you're invited. Uh, time? Don't know. Hour? Day? Don't know. Just be ready. Be ready. Well, here's my point, And believe it or not, I actually have a point here. <laughs> um, you're not going to take that away from me. I long for. I yearn for. I'm watching for. And I get very excited about Jesus coming to take me out of this world. Okay, there's not one more. There's two more. This is the second, the last one. I was thinking about this this morning. You know, conspicuously absent from these prophecy updates is any mention of rising up and taking back. You'll never hear that. And here's why. It's not rising up, it's looking up. It's not taking back, it's taking out. Let me say that again. There's no rising up or taking back. Hey, I don't want it back. You can have it. After I'm gone, you can have it. You can have this world. Just give me Jesus. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. Well, I feel better now. I hope you do too. (laughs) But, so there's nothing wrong. In fact, there's everything right about being excited that the Lord could come at any moment. That trumpet could sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. You know, uh, man, I know, well, anyway, okay. The third last part on this, I want you to think about this. At the time of the rapture, this is real. This is really real. I know that's deeply profound. It's really, really real. (laughs) We are going to put off these bodies, that alone, praise the Lord. Come quickly. We're going to put, off. yeah, that, that deserves a, yeah. Thank You, Lord Jesus, because this thing got a lot of miles on it, and I don't know how much more miles are left on this thing. But so we're going to put off corruptible, these fleshly bodies, and in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to get our glorified bodies, oh, I can't wait, and we're going to be caught up and watch this, the dead in Christ rise first. So they're going to get there and we're going to see them. I'm going to see my mommy. I'm going to see my daughter, Noel. I'm going to see all of those loved ones that died in Christ, who will get their bodies in the first resurrection at the time of the rapture. They're going to get their new bodies and they're going to rise first. And we're going to see them again. And we're going to see the Lord and be with the Lord forever, man. If that doesn't give you chicken skin, (laughs) I don't know what will. Okay. I think that we would do well to consider this. I know there's a lot of speculation and who knows, maybe we'll have to talk more about this in October or November. (laughs) I hope not, please Lord. But we should consider this. Consider what? Consider everything that's now happening and perhaps more importantly, the swiftness with which everything is now happening. It does seem that it's all heading to the appointed time, exactly as Bible prophecy tells us it would. This brings me full circle to the aforementioned September to remember, which I'd like to expound on for the remainder of our time. And in order to do that, we'll go ahead at this time and end the live stream on Facebook and YouTube. So for the better part of two plus years, we've witnessed the prophetic trajectory, if I can say it like that, towards a biodigital ID vis-a-vis a COVID injection in order for anyone to buy or sell. Now I know that's kind of a, uh, a summary and I hope it's not an oversimplification, but everything that we've seen has been moving in that direction over the last two plus years. And the the key word here that I really want to draw your attention to is this word bio, biological, biological. It is going to be a biological ID that will mark, word used intentionally, everyone digitally biometrically, medically, in order for anyone to be able to buy or sell. This is Revelation 13. I mean, you know it well. I, at least I hope you do. Revelation 13 talks about the image of the beast, the worship of the beast, and the mark of the beast. And unless you have this mark with the name of a man and the number of his name being 666, you will not be able to buy or sell. That's Revelation 13. So everything has been heading very fast, I might add, in that direction, economically, financially. You will not be able to buy financially, economically, or sell financially, economically, unless you have this. Well, what is this? Well, on Monday, September 12th, <laughs> boy, a lot happened on Monday. I, I never liked Mondays and I particularly didn't like last Monday, but last Monday, September 12th. Did you hear about this? Yet another executive order. Let me uh, now hang in there because this is a mouthful executive order on advancing biotechnology and bio-manufacturing innovation for a sustainable, safe and secure American bio-economy. What? Okay, let me first quote this, and then I'll do my best to explain this. Section one, policy. IT IS THE POLICY OF MY ADMINISTRATION TO COORDINATE A WHOLE OF GOVERNMENT APPROACH TO ADVANCE BIOTECHNOLOGY AND BIOMANUFACTURING TOWARDS INNOVATIVE SOLUTIONS IN HEALTH, CLIMATE CHANGE, ENERGY, FOOD SECURITY, AGRICULTURE. HOW ABOUT THIS ONE? SUPPLY CHAIN RESILIENCE and national and economic security. Central to this policy and its outcomes are principles of equity. Sounds so, oh, ethics, oh, safety, Ah. and security. Okay, that enable, uh uh-oh, access to technologies processes and products in a manner that benefits all Americans and the global community, and that maintains United States technological leadership and economic competitiveness. By the way, we have links to all of this. It's quite lengthy. (laughs) Still quoting, I WANT YOU TO LISTEN VERY CAREFULLY TO THIS NEXT QUOTE. WE NEED TO DEVELOP GENETIC ENGINEERING TECHNOLOGIES AND TECHNIQUES TO BE ABLE TO WRITE CIRCUITRY FOR CELLS AND PREDICTABLY PROGRAM BIOLOGY IN THE SAME WAY in which we write software and program computers, unlock the power of biological data, including through computing tools and artificial intelligence, AI, and advance the science of scale-up production while reducing the obstacles or commercialization so that innovative technologies and products can reach markets faster section 12 paragraph one enhance cooperation including joint research products uh, projects and expert exchanges on, BIOTECHNOLOGY RESEARCH AND DEVELOPMENT, ESPECIALLY IN GENOMICS. SECTION OR PARAGRAPH 4, SECTION 12. WORK TO PROMOTE THE OPEN SHARING OF SCIENTIFIC DATA, INCLUDING GENETIC, GENETIC SEQUENCE DATA. Okay, I'm going to do my best with the help of the Holy Spirit (laughs) to decrypt this cryptic September 12th executive order. This is a cashless DNA bio digital economic system that will be implanted and implemented subsequent to the pre planned controlled demolition, actually better said, disintegration of the current global economy. What this means is that all will surrender their human rights in order to usher in transhumanism. The merging of man with machine. Clay and iron don't mix, fourth industrial revolution, ironically enough the fourth and final kingdom in Daniel's prophecy. Simply put, this is a formal documentation and declaration eradicating any informed consent, and in so doing authorizes gene editing technologies. Which, according to Bible prophecy, merges man with machine. Moreover, its artificial intelligence, which is really satanic intelligence, will in the tribulation alter the human DNA, dooming and damning all who accept the mark for all of eternity by hacking the quote software of life we've quoted yuval harari he's a world economic forum klaus schwab guy that basically says we we're hacking humans we need to redefine what it means to be human hmm So if we can alter the human DNA using what's known as uh, CRISPR-Cas9, rough week, uh, technology, which basically, you see it like this, a scissors that goes into the human DNA and cuts out a strand and replaces it with this. What's this? Oh, it's a... Uh, a different code. It's a different script and program. We're, we're installing a operating system in the software of your DNA. And we're reprogramming it. That's what this is. I know this sounds crazy, right? As it was in the days of Noah, so too will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Do you know why Noah and his family were spared? Because they were intact in their genetics. They did not have their human DNA altered by the Nephilim. They were still intact in their genetics. That's why. And this is why it is, by the way, that all who take this mark, it's not that God says, oh, that's it. You're damned for all eternity. No, you're not human anymore. You cannot be redeemed. Because Jesus came as fully God, fully man, to redeem man, not transhuman. And Satan knows that. Satanic intelligence, he knows that. If He can corrupt the human DNA, the gene pool, He can doom and damn man for all eternity. And that's what He's doing. This technology. You think man came up with this? No. Okay, yesterday I, I went back into my archives. I shouldn't do this, but I did. <laughs> um, I WENT TO MY PROPHECY UPDATE TITLED DECISION TIME ON JANUARY 10TH OF LAST YEAR. AND THE REASON I DID WAS BECAUSE AT THAT TIME I HAD A QUOTE AND SCREENSHOT FROM MODERNA'S WEBSITE IN WHICH THEY OPENLY STATED THAT THEY'RE INSTALLING AND OPERATING SYSTEM CALLED QUOTE THE SOFTWARE OF LIFE. Now here's the thing. Since then, it's been scrubbed. However, I saved it and will now quote from it. Here's a screenshot. Can't find it anymore. It's about installing an operating system via their injection, which they describe in great detail, by the way, what they refer to as their operating system, quoting our operating system, recognizing the broad potential of MRNA science, we set out to create an MRNA technology platform that functions very much like an operating system on a computer. It is designed so that it can plug and play interchangeably with different programs. IN OUR CASE, THE PROGRAM OR APP IS OUR MRNA DRUG, THE UNIQUE MRNA SEQUENCE THAT CODES FOR A PROTEIN. OUR MRNA MEDICINES, THE SOFTWARE OF LIFE, STILL QUOTING, UTILIZING THESE INSTRUCTION SETS GIVES OUR INVESTIGATIONAL MRNA MEDICINES A SOFTWARE-LIKE QUALITY. WE ALSO HAVE THE ABILITY TO COMBINE DIFFERENT MRNA SEQUENCES AND CODING FOR A DIFFERENT PROTEIN IN A SINGLE MRNA INVESTIGATIONAL MEDICINE. NO THANK YOU. REALLY? Well, thankfully, there are those who have archived and saved and uploaded these videos and websites. Here's a YouTube video of a TED Talk by former Moderna's chief medical officer, Tal Zaks. It was from back in 2017. And he said, and I quote, I'm here today to tell you that we're actually hacking the software of life. Organs are made out of cells and in every cell there's this thing called messenger RNA or MRNA for short that transmits the critical information from the DNA or genes to protein, which is really the stuff we're all made out of. This is the critical information that determines what a cell will actually do. And so we think of it like an operating system. It's not just in every cell of our body, it's actually in every cell of every organism alive. It's the same thing. So if you could actually change that which we call the software of life, and if you could introduce a line of code. Or change a line of code, it turns out that it has profound implications. Close quote. <laughs> we 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 what? This is right here. Right here. That's right here? It's right here. That's right here? That one's there. Oh, this one. That's over here. Come on, Pastor, you've been a little bit dramatic. Well, maybe. I mean, profound implications. That's kind of an understatement. It's eternal implications. They want to reprogram and and code and script the cells in the human body to make them not human anymore and they're doing it they're doing it Uh, i probably should just mention this because i know we get asked this a lot so okay pastor um i i've been injected what are you saying hey praise the lord God is able to protect you physically from the effects of this injection and I know people personally who have been injected and God in his grace has protected them and they're still alive by the way they're still alive and I praise the Lord for that now are they going to suffer ill effects. Oh, absolutely. They already are. They already are. But have they lost their salvation? Absolutely not. You can't, if you're born again, you cannot be unborn again. And here's the thing, in the seven year tribulation, when they, whoever they are, accept whatever this is, it's not going to be something that, you know, unwittingly they do. No, it's going to be a decision they make to worship the beast, the image of the beast, and accept the mark of the beast. It, it's not going to be like, you know, I, I didn't know, am I, am I still saved? I mean, I, I got this thing, am I doomed that I get the mark? No, you're going to know that you've got it. It's not going to be like that. And not only that, but uh, this is Second Thessalonians 2 as well, and I'll try to bring it in for a landing with this. The Antichrist cannot be revealed until the church is removed. So the Antichrist is, he's already on the scene. <laughs> I think he's behind the scenes already. but. He cannot be revealed and identified until the church is raptured. Now the rapture does not begin the seven year tribulation. The agreement, the seven year covenant in Daniel nine twenty-seven, begins the seven year tribulation. But the Antichrist and, and, and the mark cannot be now because the Antichrist hasn't been revealed. So whatever is happening now is not the mark. It cannot be the mark, but it will come. And I just got done sharing with you and quoting, not spinning. I'm not, I'm just quoting these executive orders and these articles and these Moderna guys. And I'm just quoting them and they're telling you and me that they're doing this. And it's already happening. So profound implications. Yeah. And here's the bottom line. If this is the appointed time, and it most certainly could be, then wouldn't you agree that the rapture of the church is at the door? I mean, let's just take the red heifer just as one. They've already got a train to bring all these people to the rebuilt temple for April. Um, Let's see, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, seven months, seven months. So if the rapture has to happen before the seven year tribulation, and it does, and we're already seeing them scheduling everything that's going to happen in the seven year tribulation, and they are, then what conclusion can you come to as a result, reasonably? Is it not that the rapture is at the door? I believe it is. And this is why we do these updates. This is why we end with the gospel. This is why we do the abcs of salvation which is just a simple explanation of salvation what's the gospel good news what's the good news that jesus came he was crucified and buried and rose again on the third day and he's coming back again one day that's the good news the gospel the word gospel means good news your debt has been paid you're free to go what debt Oh, the sin debt, the death penalty. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned. Otherwise, why would you be interested in a Savior? Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again, Jesus said, to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6:23 packages first the bad news with the good news. What's the bad news? So the wages of sin is death. We've all been sentenced to death because all have sinned. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, Notice the, the purchase, the wages paid. It's a gift that He paid for. It cost Him everything, and He paid it in full. And He offers us the gift He paid for, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That's the A. Here's the B. And this is central. It is simply for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe, put their trust in Him, believe in Him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Notice how definite that is. The C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, which is the expression that comes from believing in your heart. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13 says, All, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I implore you. I make no assumptions. You might be in this service today or watching online. If you've never called upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart, today is the day of salvation. I'm telling you, I'm pleading with you, please. I'm begging you. (laughs) We are so close. This is it. This is it. The time is at hand. Why would you want to delay the most important decision of your life for eternal life, when you see all of these things beginning to come to pass, exactly as God's Word said it would? And it is. And Jesus said, Luke 21, 28, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. I'm, (laughs) our redemption draws nigh really nigh. Again, I know deeply from out, really, 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 really nigh. I implore you, today is the day of salvation. Please. Okay, today's but God testimony, lastly. comes from a brother in Christ, who actually I've had the privilege of emailing back and forth with as an online member over the years. And he asked me to uh just have him remain anonymous so he writes pastor jd i hope you're doing well i wanted to say thank you for sharing the truth regarding 9 11 and i pray that people receive your message with ears to hear we're truly in the final moments and i can't wait to hear that trumpet sound last year i was denied employment working with fca at my alma mater because I would not take the jab. I was also discriminated against for a football coaching position at my alma mater for the same reason. As a former starting linebacker and team captain, I was effectively ostracized and shunned by the team I put my body on the line for because I refused to bow down. But God. This past spring, after a coaching change at the university, God allowed me the opportunity to get involved in a volunteer role with the team, and I was ultimately offered a graduate assistant coaching position. However, this time around, God allowed me to decline on my own terms. With my wife's work schedule, our first child on the way, and the roughly $2 and 50 cents per hour salary, I ultimately had to say no to the opportunity. Fast forward to summer 2022. I was hired on in the athletic department at the university, and there are no longer any COVID restrictions in place. No jab is required for employment. I was required to submit an exemption as a formality, but they are no longer being reviewed or denied. This past weekend at our first home game, I was selected to be an honorary captain and was recognized before the game at midfield in front of 45,000 fans. I am just in awe of what God has done. These past couple years were difficult for me, but when things got tough, I leaned in closer to the Savior. God turned my entire situation around for His glory and showed everyone, especially those who were complicit in not hiring me, that He is in control and on the throne. Our God is an awesome God. Thank you for your faithfulness and sharing the truth of the gospel and for sharing these but God testimonies. In the midst of my trial, hearing how God was moving in the lives of others filled me with hope that breakthrough was coming for me as well. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Romans 15:4. 4. Capono, come on up. Why don't you go ahead and stand up. I love it when God does that, by the way. <laughs> Father in heaven, thank You so much. Lord, we are very excited because we know how close we are to that trumpet sounding. But Lord, we're also keenly aware that there are those for whom this is not exciting, but rather terrifying. But it doesn't have to be. Lord, I pray for any who are finding themselves in that place of being terrified, that they would realize that it's because they're not right with You, and as such ready for You. So Lord, I pray that today they would surrender, they would believe in their hearts, and that today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, lastly, I know there are many who are very weary, -weary, battle-weary, heavy-laden. And I just pray, Lord, that what I share today will be a source of great encouragement, renewed hope and strength. Lord, some, some are just, it's It's not one day at a time, it's one hour at a time, one moment at a time. So Lord, knowing that that trumpet could sound at any time is the only thing that gives us hope. You are our only hope, Lord. So Lord, I just pray that you'll encourage those who are weary, downcast, in despair, even depression really struggling, Lord. Lift them up. Lift them up. That we might all look up to You, the author and the finisher of our faith, who we know is coming. Please, Lord Jesus, come quickly, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.